I'm Khalil A. Colonna, and this is Nashville. Right now, the world's attention is on the Men's World Cup in Qatar, and the excitement is already building for next year's Women's World Cup to set to take place in Australia and New Zealand. Soccer, or football, is the global game. It brings people and countries together, and the energy is here in Nashville as well, especially for our Latino communities. Later this hour, we'll talk with some of the biggest soccer fans in town about why they love the game so much and how they use soccer to build connection. But first, it's time for Add Us. Each week, we take time to read the comments so you don't have to. Yes, I am encouraging you to literally at us on Twitter at ThisIsNashville and on Instagram at ThisIsNashville underscore WPLN. Joining me now with a look back at the past week is our digital lead, Anna Gallegos-Cannon. Hey, Anna. Hey, Khalil. It's always good to be in the studio with you. Always good to have you here. So let's start with Twitter's funeral. Rest in peace. Mm, okay, we know that Twitter's not dead, but we did do an episode about the state of Twitter since Elon bought the platform and gutted its staff. With a few locals we're, who are pretty prolific on Twitter, like singer Adia Victoria and entrepreneur Carlos Party of Cashville, I'm sure this episode got a lot of people talking, right? It really did. Mm. During our live show, a whole conversation kicked off in our mentions. It started with Peter Robertson sharing that he uses Twitter to communicate with local officials and connect with cool locals with shared interests. Then Nathan Hubbard, who goes by at Nate Fool, tweeted, quote, should I start up a local Nashville Mastodon server? Okay, so for those who don't know, Mastodon is a microblogging platform with no ads, no algorithm, and no cost. It's decentralized, which means anyone can set up their own server. Right. So during our show, Nathan decided to go for it. Um, and he set up Nashtadon.com. That's a pretty cool name. <laughs> I like that. I like that. We'll be sure following along to see if this platform, you know, really works in any way for Nashvilleians to connect with each other like they've been able to do on Twitter. All right. So what else have our listeners been talking about this week? So Gregory tweeted at us during yesterday's show on Black Churches. He wrote in to say, thank you so much for this episode. As a white Christian theologian in the Nashville area, you are teaching me about the vital lifeblood for Nashville that, that the black church has been and is. This gives me hope. He also gave a shout out to the historically black Episcopalian church, St. Anselm's, which has been around since 1906 and is literally right across the street from Meharry. Wow. That's, I love this history. What else do we have? Well, it's hunting season in Middle Tennessee, mm -hmm. so we decided to do an episode highlighting the hobby, sport, lifestyle, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And we got a very nice email from a listener named Ethan. He wrote to us saying, I adjusted my lunch hour to listen to hunting season in Middle Tennessee and wanted to compliment you on the authenticity of the presentation. The hunters you interviewed were true to their expression of tactics and, more importantly, their love of the sport. Serenity in the forest, seeing wildlife without them seeing you, using the time to reflect on the great hunter, or in Ethan's case, his father, who recently passed away. And ultimately, when you get lucky, the empathy you feel for the life that's taken. I know. I have to get find some way to go turkey hunting, as was suggested by one of our guests. And if any of our listeners tried hunting for the first time after that show, let us know how your experience was. Now, last week, we also talked about performing arts, and specifically about some of our big holiday shows. 
We just want to add real quick that here that the Nashville Opera is not in season right now, but they are a big part of our performing arts scene. So don't sleep on the opera or sleep during the opera. (laughs) All right. So while that episode focused on what's happening in Nashville, we did get a recommendation from Twitter user at Johnny 2020 for listeners east of Davidson County. So he sent us a DM giving two big thumbs up to the Cumberland County Playhouse in Crossville. Uh, Johnny wrote to us to say, quote, saw a show at the Cumberland County Playhouse. It was top notch, a wonderful experience for the whole family. Uh, Got to order tickets ahead and because it was a packed house. Mm -hmm. But speaking of the arts, we actually have to give a shout out to the Delgado family. From the episode about folk art? Yes, of course. So back in October, luthier Manuel Delgado spoke about how his family has been handcrafting guitars, mandolins, and other stringed instruments for four generations. But anyways, Manuel let us know on Instagram that his youngest daughter, Lila, will also carry on this family tradition. She's only nine years old. And she's building her first instrument this winter. So thank you to Manuel for sharing that update. And go Lila. That's awesome. That's right. <laughs> go Lila. All right, Anna, before you go, we have one thing to ask our listeners. Yes. We want to hear your New Year's resolution, but for Nashville. So, for example, we've already had listeners um, write in to mention that in 2023, they would like to see more sidewalks or public transportation in Nashville. So if you have a New Year's resolution for the city, um, you can submit to us and our form at Nashville. This is Nashville.org or tweet at us. OK, thanks to our digital lead, Anna Gallegos Cannon, for this roundup. Anna. We'll see you soon. Of course. And our listeners know where to find me online. Don't forget to add us on Twitter and Instagram. And let's keep the comments coming. Also, fill out our community survey to let us know what topics you want us to cover at thisisnashville.org. It's super easy and quick and helps us produce shows with your needs and interests in mind. We have to take a short break. When we come back, we'll take you out to a World Cup viewing party and meet some of our city's biggest football fans. How important is soccer to your identity as a Latino? Tweet us at This Is Nashville. We'll be right back. Khalil Ekelona, and this is Nashville. Last Wednesday, Plaza Mariachi was packed with World Cup fans eager to watch the afternoon's two matches, Mexico versus Saudi Arabia and Argentina versus Poland. Our technical director, Michaela Elias, put on their cleats and joined in on the excitement. Okay, I didn't actually put on cleats, but can you imagine? I walk into Plaza Mariachi in my regular beat-up vans, and it's pretty quiet till I round the corner into the food court. The room is packed with anxious fans. Right now, Mexico is up two to nil. Jackie Bofills is perched on a bar stool, watching over the heads of her fellow fans. I'm rooting for Mexico since I'm Mexican-American. My husband- 
husband and his family France because they're French. So soccer for us, at least Hispanic people, is very important. Like we watch it since we were little, so we're always watching. She stops suddenly as Mexico rushes to the goal, then narrowly misses another point. But Mexico fans aren't only watching their team. They've got their eyes set on a number of other TVs in the room. We're depending on that game, too. If, they, if Argentina scores another goal, we move ahead. Right now, we want Argentina to score one more if they can. I hope Argentina wins. That's Edwin Zelaya. He just moved here last weekend, but has already found some community by watching these World Cup games. I mean, I go downtown too. Last weekend, I go to see the USA. You know, I watch the game and uh, downtown. I see a lot of people, they like football. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's football is, is in every world, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I'm from Honduras, so every, everybody loves football. My next guest knows all about the excitement of World Cup soccer. Francisco Morales is the program director of Plaza Mariachi Lantido radio, radio Stations. Francisco, thanks for being here. Welcome to This Is Nashville. Thanks for inviting me. Actually, I'm very nervous because I'm on the air every single day, but in Spanish, not in English. <laughs> so it's different. Well, you're going to do great. This is going to be Thank fantastic. You. Now, we just heard a little bit of what it's like to watch a soccer match at Plaza Mariachi. Tell our listeners what they can expect when they head down to experience a watch party. Well, it's as you were able to tell, uh, this is that was not the best, I mean, the most attended watch party. Actually, the previous one with versus Argentina, mm-hmm. right there, there was, I mean, no room for not even a haste. It was so full, but uh, it's crazy. It gets so excited. It's, I don't know. It's, it's just something that you cannot, uh, unless you go, you will experience what it is. It's just something that uh, you can think that you are in the stadium mm. because of the uh, great uh, LEDs and also the uh, the sound, of course, is loud because we need loudness to get, you know, to experience what's, what is happening in, in Qatar. Now, I was at that Mexico-Argentina game at Plaza Mariachi. So, you know and that I was. It was absolutely fantastic. It was infectious even because yeah. there were so many people there rooting. Mostly, I say most of the crowd was rooting for Mexico. Yeah. A few Argentinians were oh, in, there, there in was the crowd. A, there was a crowd for and, Argentina. As, there, as well. And, you know, the one thing that I noticed was that everyone was so intent into watching the game and just cheering each other on. And that's something I've been to a lot of sporting events. I had never been to an environment like that. I mean, what makes watching a match at Plaza Mariachi, what makes it so special, even if it's not a World Cup match? Well, the thing is that, you know, it's a safe environment. It's family oriented. And also, uh, as you can tell, you could tell it's a nice place Mm -hmm. that you know that you're safe and also uh, if you are having a good time with good food and drinks and your kids are maybe playing at at the uh, playland, uh, you have everything right there. You know that you're safe and also you have the big LED. You, you cannot miss anything. You can't miss a thing. You're right. No. So, you know, what goes into planning all of that? There's a lot of moving parts. Yeah, I mean, you you have to change a lot of stuff because of uh, you know the games could be this early, that early. Actually, on a day that on a day that you are closed, 
but you have to do things because uh, I mean, if you're gonna have the the World Cup right there, mm-hmm. you're gonna have it. So you have to switch a lot of stuff, but it doesn't matter because we all uh, like the so- the the the, the, the this, we like soccer. We love soccer, you, as you can tell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's in our veins. It's yeah. part of us. Let me ask you. Uh, did you play football growing up? I didn't. I was the chubby guy that was always maybe a little bit nerd or something like that. Never played, actually. Well, what what is it about the game that generates so much love? I just cannot explain because I've been I I have been to many different uh, games like um, football. Actually, I like football, American football. Mm-hmm. I don't understand some of the rules, <laughs> to be honest. I get you. Yeah, and also uh, the king of the sports, like as they call it in at least in Mexico, which is, uh, uh, I'm sorry, baseball. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's exciting, but I don't know. There's something about uh, maybe the speed. May I think mm. that's what gets people so excited. I I, I just can tell you. Uh, I was at Nissan Stadium being the Spanish PA for the Mexican game. Mm-hmm. And, and, the, and the guy who is the um, the announcer for uh, the Titans, he said, you know what? I love my Titan, Titans games. But the excitement right here with the soccer fans is so different. It's like I can't explain. And it, it, it's what we're talking about. Yeah. It's we, yeah. different. Yeah, something really different. We just got a tweet at This Is Nashville from J-Rod Titans Grizz. It says, imagine being new to the country. You have no connections. You don't understand the language. And honestly, you have no idea what's happening. What makes the person feel at home? Soccer. Soccer unites us all and connects you with all kinds of people. you got to love the game. Francisco, what do you think hearing that? That's exactly what Plaza Mariachi is. Because they... They know that if they go there, no matter what the way you look, what language you speak, it's gonna be, we're gonna be talking the same language. Mm-hmm. Goal, we understand the goal. <laughs> yes. So it doesn't matter if you speak Spanish, French, English, or anything, you're gonna understand it, and then you're gonna cheer for for your team. So I think that's what it is, and and they make you feel, or we feel, all a family, mm. and that feels like home. In the end, it's all about the fans, right? Yeah. And my next guest is what you might call a soccer super fan. (laughs) Stephanie Montenegro is a member of Nashville SC's The Roadies Club, and she joins me now. Stephanie, welcome to This Is Nashville. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, so tell me, where did your passion for the sport come from? Well, as a person that was born in Latin America, you kind of just, you're born into it. You're born into being a fan, you're born into loving the sport. And I mean, it's, it's like he said earlier, it's just in your veins. It's with you everywhere you go. You always find a time to watch soccer. Mm. And I mean, the World Cup, you've been waiting for these specific games for four years. I mean, four and a half years because Qatar decided to have it in December. But yeah. So, you know, you're a fan of Nashville SC and a member of the Roadies Club. Tell, tell me more about the Roadies. Like, how far do you all go to support the team? <laughs> we go pretty far. I mean, there's some people that have um, easier access to travel. Um, there are some that unfortunately can't travel. Um, I can only speak for myself. But this year, my wife and I went to Seattle, L.A., and Austin. 
Wow. Uh, for those away games. But there are people, um, there's someone that's a part of the roadies. He's traveled so much that even the club gave him um, a jersey, a personalized jersey with the thousands of miles on the jersey that he's traveled to go to just watch the, t- the team. I mean, I'm sure that can get pretty expensive, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, you're racking up those those miles and the, the cre- you try to put everything like on a credit card to get the the. Um, flight miles and stuff. Okay, okay, you know, I had the pleasure of going to Geodis Park for Nashville SC's first home game there, and the atmosphere, again, was electric. Mm-hmm. Stephanie, you know, there really is a significant Latino fan base there, right? Uh, yes, there is, and that's a lot. A lot of it can be accredited to La Brigada de Oro. They are the first Latin supporter group, um, and, I mean, they're incredible. They are... Pretty much, I would say, the majority of the people on the drums, they are the beat of our, our supporters. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, they are beating the drums all 90 minutes, even after the games, before the games. They are constantly supporting um, and just, just giving a, a great atmosphere. But, I mean, there are other supporter groups that have members in the um and the drums i guess is mm-hmm. what you, you call it um i mean i know there are some roadies there there are people from uh mixtape there there are other other supporters part of that drum line but the majority of them are la brigada what does it mean to you to see that fan base of la, la, la brigada it means everything there? to me it means everything to me because nsc so i mean just to be Fully honest, mm-hmm. um, NSC wasn't always, it didn't always look like me. The supporters didn't always look like me or speak the same language. It was very um, white. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and within the last few years, there are different supporter groups that have been created because of that. The, the mixtape is a, a black supporter group that started off by black supporters, which is amazing. La Brigada was started by Latin people. So I love it. I mean, it's just, it brings Nashville to the stadium. Nashville is extremely diverse. A lot of people think of Nashville and think of honky tonk and think of Broadway and think of cowboys and country music. That's not really what Nashville is. Nashville is music city because that's, you know, the, the, um, the Fisk Jubilee yes, the Singers. Fisk, yes, yeah. Jubilee Singers. Thank you so much for that. I just I went you. blank. I got you um, back. But that is why Nashville is music city. Well, what do non-Latinos maybe, what do they misunderstand about the fan base? I think that Nashville fans are misunderstood as always being the same people that you think of when you think of Nashville. But Nashville is, is very diverse. And I am very glad that the team is making an effort within the last couple of years to put our faces out there. Not only Latin people, not only white people, but they're putting part of the Kurdish community out there. They're putting black faces out there. They're, they're just putting Nashville, actually Nashville, and showing our supporters. Now, Nashville SC hosted Hispanic Heritage Night at Geodis Park in September. Were either of you there? Absolutely. I'm at every game. <laughs> I, 
there was two games I think for that, and I was at one of them holding the holding actually the uh, the uh, the flag for National Soccer Club in okay. the in the field. Okay, that feeling. I can explain. It was even better than being announcing on, you know, at that uh, studio. It was incredible. I, I mean, they, they just didn't let let us, you know, record or have our um, cameras or, or phones, yeah. of course. But it would have been amazing. I mean, to have that is in my mind. That's the only place I could, you know, record it. Okay. <laughs> it was awesome to have Nashville Soccer Club versus America, which I hate because I'm the other Team, I, you <laughs> know, I cheer for the other one, but 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 of course I was happy to have the one of the best or the most known Mexican teams playing here in Nashville against our our team, which is Nashville Soccer Club. If you're just tuning in, this is Nashville, and I'm your host, Khalil Ecolona. We're talking this hour about what soccer means to our city's Latino communities. My guests are Francisco Morales from Plaza Mariachi and Stephanie Montenegro of the Nashville SC Roadies. Now, you alluded to this earlier, Francisco, that mm-hmm. you had an opportunity to call some soccer matches from the booth. Tell me this. What was it like for you as a huge fan? You're a fan of the game, but now you're doing this job of sports announcing. What was that like? Well, it was, I mean, let's be clear. For this one, in, here in Nashville, I, I was just a PA in, at the stadium, which is not the same as being a commentator. You're just mm-hmm. announcing what uh, what's happening on the field. It was, I mean, being there, the Spanish one, on the first game of Mexico in this city that I, I never thought because I got here in 2005 and I saw that. I never saw that happening, to be honest. Okay. But Nashville started growing and growing and see what we have right now. Yeah. And then they said, well, Nashville, is, I mean, Mexico is coming to Nashville. And I was like, that's unbelievable. Then when I got the opportunity, I was like, I just can't believe it. It's the first time that Mexico is here and I'm going to be announcing. I was... You know, shaky <laughs> and excited and just being, you know, Mexican and also a soccer fan and everything. I just, it's something that is going to be there forever. Question for you. How uh-huh. do you handle a boring match? Like, like when you, how do you come up with compelling things to say to keep the audience engaged if the match is a little slow? Uh, at some point I was, I was at another radio station and I was announcing, which when I actually I was the commentator and mm-hmm. that what you're saying right now it's it's hard because if the match is terrible if he's just boring you have to come up with something mm-hmm. jokes so you know we started calling names to the, to the <laughs> players like oh here's the flan something you know yeah. i mean we had to to do something you know because that that game was so boring, mm-hmm. and I was like, "What are we gonna do here? We need coffee. We need." So, so we started, you know, talking about something else. And oh, we have a game. So let's <laughs> let's talk about what's going. Oh, no, it's boring. Let's go back to our conversation, sharing so, recipes, exalt something. You know, talking about the novella. You know, something. <laughs> now, you know, Stephanie. I know that for some of us watching the sport, can stir up juices to get out there and to play ourselves. <laughs> Are you have you ever have you ever been hit with the urge to play while you're watching a soccer match? Oh, constantly. You're constantly moving your feet trying to get the ball in the back of the net. 
Um, I mean, of course, you'd never make it. Um, you c- will never connect that header that you think you would have mm-hmm. um, if you were on the field. But yes, you're constantly moving your body and feeling like you are in the game, in the f- on the field with those players. You have a wife and children. Is, every- is everybody just around the television watching matches when they're on? Yes. Yes. I mean, we have... Um, just everyone watching and, of course, um, our kids come and ask us if, if they're not watching with us, who are you watching? Or, you know, they're just different. Think, thankfully, um, soccer or football is and the world's sport. So there's soccer on all day long. Mm-hmm. So if you wake up in the morning, you put on the Premier League. If you have nothing to do that night, you can put on any Latin American league or MLS or international friendlies there's women's soccer here in the u.s you can always find a match to watch Uh, do your kids play no they don't they they um our youngest did play in middle school for a year but then COVID happened Mm. and then he just never got back to it he's he's a swimmer now you mentioned a bunch of different leagues what makes latino teams and fans different we are passionate very loud and we i mean we be, we are fans of a team that normally we're born into which i think is something beautiful but i i also think it's something very unique about nsc that it is a new team so you've people that have started supporting supporting nsc the last few years that it when it started um you're part of creating a culture for the team. You're part of creating traditions and chants, and you're just, it's, you're part of a, you own part of the team, I guess, let's mm-hmm. say. So what would you like to see Nashville SC do to, you know, embrace specifically Latino fans? Um, first of all, Spanish commentate or Spanish announcing in the games Francisco, or during the games. That's you right I'm there, man. Um, (laughs) we do have, um, a small part of the announcing in the beginning of the game when, um, they're going over like just fan behavior and making sure you are, um, always in your best behavior. And that is in English and Spanish. But once that's over, there's nothing else in Spanish. Yeah. Um, They just have pre-recorded announcements. Right. Maybe referring more of the live what's happening. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I mean, not necessarily what's happening, because that's something that I think it's great about soccer, that you don't have someone constantly telling you, hey, let's chant this or so and so just made a great pass or whatever. Yeah. Um, everyone is fully in the game in soccer. But I think definitely like substitutions or cards or whatever it is, having it both in English and Spanish and maybe one day Kurdish. I mean, we have a huge Kurdish community here. Mm-hmm. Francisco, how would you like to see Nashville SC embrace Latino fans? I think she said it right. I mean, of course, if they know that there's a a, a huge uh, Spanish-based uh, following to Nashville Soccer Club, and they know that, um, I mean, they might do something about the Spanish on the state at the stadium. Because if you go to the uh, the food, <laughs> we mm-hmm. have it. Mm-hmm. It's just in the field, the because field. if you go to the uh, there's a lot of tacos and, and Mexican and Latino food outside because they know that we go there. Mm-hmm. So if they if they know that, then do something about it maybe. Question for you both: uh-huh. You know, 
earlier this year, Nashville was up as a bid for potentially being a host city for the 2026 World Cup. Do you think that Nashville will ever play host to a World Cup match? Stephanie, you're shaking your head no? I don't think so. I think um, our time as a country came, and that's um, the next World Cup. I think it will be a long time until the U.S. hosts another World Cup. Maybe, oh, But I don't think it's anytime soon. Mm. Um, I think we definitely, I mean, with, with Atlanta being there, the stadium that they have, the infrastructure that they have that we don't, mm-hmm. um, we're just not going to get it unless we fix our infrastructure. Yeah, that's that's an issue right there. Actually, uh, the stadium, they need uh, a better stadium. I know it is happening. It might be happening soon, but that's not enough for FIFA. They want, they're going to check also the roads, which mm. we have a huge issue right there. Transportation. Transportation. Yeah. You know, traffic and everything. So uh, it's going to be hard. Okay. Now, speaking of the World Cup, who are your favorites to win the trophy this year? France. France? Yeah. Okay. Stephanie? I wouldn't be mad if France won it, honestly. Um, this might be controversial, but I just hope it's not Argentina, Brazil, or Portugal. <laughs> Why not one of those three? <laughs> um, I mean, as a South American, I, I mean, I'm Colombian, mm-hmm. so we always have... The rivalry. Yes, the rivalry with Brazil and Argentina, so... Clearly, wouldn't it be nice to see Messi walk away? This is his last World Cup. He does deserve it. I mean, he's a great player. I'm not. I appreciate Messi for who he is and the amazing player that he is. I, I mean, we're we're not. We're probably not going to have another Messi very soon. Um, but. And he does deserve a World Cup, I guess, since he's gotten everything else. <laughs> but I just don't want him to win it. Okay. Okay. So maybe I'm paid the service. Exactly. <laughs> Another more. one. Another okay. one. Someone else. Okay. I'm sorry for. <laughs> Real quick, though, you know, what, do, Francisco? What do you want people to know about soccer culture of our Latino communities here in Nashville? Uh, that's the. I think through the the uh, soccer, they can see what we are passionate we are just uh people that like to have fun yeah sometimes we get a little loud or louder but we doesn't mean to bother other people uh i mean there's goods and bads about everyone i think Mm. and uh, i believe that they can see what we are through the soccer stephanie um, I, I, I just want to, I guess, double down on what Francisco said. We we are passionate people. Um, we know that what happens on the field or what happens in the stadium stays there. Um, so we can enjoy our time with the rivals afterwards. We are not... Um, I know there there are some problems sometimes with visiting fans, like for other sports um, mm-hmm. when they travel. Um, I've never, thankfully, experienced that here. And I think... Our fan base in Nashville is very welcoming. We've had people from L.A., Austin, even Atlanta, and, you know, just people come and visit, and they've always had a good report of our fan base. All right. Now, Francisco, I can't let you guys go without having you give us one of your signature calls. Can you take us out with a goal scored by your favorite player? Oh, okay. You got me out of... I'm putting you on the spot a little bit yeah. on, on live radio. 
You can do it in Spanish if you want. I haven't done it in English. Never, never. Do never. it in Spanish, please. En español, en español. Please. Uh, I was doing, I was comments, not narrator, which is different, <laughs> but I'm going to try to do it. So, viene Chicharito, which we miss Chicharito. We were like, why didn't call Chicharito, which is playing right now in MLS. Okay. So, Chicharito comes. Viene, viene, se le lleva gol de Chicharito, que nunca llegó. <laughs> Francisco Morales is the program director of Plaza Mariachi's Latino radio stations. He was joined by Stephanie Montenegro, member of Nashville's SC's Rotary Club. I want to thank both of you for being here and enjoy the quarterfinals at the World Cup. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. We want to see you back in. Oh, I'm coming. Trust me, I'm coming. We have to take a short break. When we come back, we'll learn how playing soccer is the perfect way to build community. Do you play soccer? What do you love about it? Tweet us at This Is Nashville. We'll be right back. Khalil Colonna, and this is Nashville. We've been talking this hour about what soccer means to members of our Latino communities here in Music City. It's a game that brings people together. Even just watching a match with a big group can be an incredible collective experience and cathartic. But actually getting out there and kicking the ball around, that's also a great way to find and build community. Not to mention stay in shape. My next guests know all about how the beautiful game can provide real-life connection for people of all ages. Dayana Morales is a youth development coordinator at Conexión Americas. Moises Rodriguez is co-founder of Mana Sports Club. And Pablo Arcereña is Aracena, excuse me, is a longtime soccer player. And thanks to you all for being here. Welcome to This is Nashville. Well, thank you very much. Thank you very much. I'm sorry, Deanna. No, thank you for having us. This is perfect. Now, Deanna, what makes playing the game so special to you? Wow, I've been playing for, I think, all my life. I uh, started in high school and middle school, and then I played at different leagues outside uh, when I played during the school and we traveled in, around Texas and it was it was great. So it got pretty competitive. You were in some big time leagues, right? I mean, they were local, so um, we definitely played our hearts out. I think when we were when we were younger and it, it was it was a great time. Moises, how do you feel when playing soccer? I, I love playing soccer. It's uh, I would say it pushes your conditioning. Okay, soccer mm-hmm. is a is a sport about technique and conditioning. And I've been playing soccer for a really long time. I uh, recently stopped uh, <laughs> a few years ago. Uh, Why'd but, you stop? Uh, well, out of shape. Ain't <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with that. And, yeah. Um, you know, and going back to school uh, and working as well. But my son plays, so I'm really happy about that. It's kind of like the ultimate pickup sport, right? I mean, all you need is a ball and a flat surface. Let me ask you, where's the strangest place you've ever played? Oh, wow. That's a good question because I've played on fields, of course, in many indoor uh, soccer places. But I've also played, I think it's when I went back to Venezuela for one uh, with with my family. We played right in the middle of the street, you know, like passing cars and everything. Uh, That or on the tennis court or Mm -hmm. something like that. Yeah. Now, Pablo, I understand that you moved to Nashville five years ago. And the first thing you did after getting a job was find a soccer league. 
Why was that such a priority for you? Um, well, like I said, you know, it's very um, opening for the community. Like you find out right right away, they, they, they see that you're Argentinian and they're like, oh, here's a ball. Go, you play soccer, come play with us. So that was a very nice way of uh, knowing people, meeting people, you know, have all my best friends are like in my league. So we play all together. So. What did it mean to you to find other players and Spanish speakers? It's great. We are in the middle of the field, even if they are playing for the other team, uh, you can tell that they speak in Spanish and you right away start talking, where are you from? In the middle of the game, right? Uh -huh. Where are you from? What are you do here? You know, it's very, it's super cool. It's a super easy way to find friends and make community, huh? Yes, yes. Now, as an avid soccer player, I have to ask you, what's the highest level of the game you've played? Um, well, when I was younger, uh, on my 20s, I get to play semi-pro in my country. Uh, oh. So I did that for a little wow. bit, for a few years. Um, and then, yeah, I had to go and study, but I stopped playing. You know, before the break, Francisco and Stephanie were talking about how important soccer is in Latino cultures. How do, how do you relate to that? It's everything for Argentinians. Uh, I was telling them before we get in here, uh, where I am from, you you have a team already before you have a name when you're a kid. You know, you're kicking <laughs> balls before walking. Uh, Everything is about the World Cup when it happens. It means a lot for the Argentina people. It's your team on the map, on the world. Uh, so, yeah, it means everything for us. You know, I, I see I see you both nodding Moises and yeah. Diana. <laughs> you know, is that the same for you both? Yes. Um, for an example, I went to um, Honduras a few years ago. And also I've gone to Argentina and Guatemala. And when you're driving, you don't see a basketball court. You mm. don't see a baseball field. You see a soccer field you see a futsal field or court you know and that tells you that's the first sport you learn mm. over there you know it means that much to us and it brings everybody together you know having your family your friends cheer for you if you're the one playing or cheer for you know uh, somebody you like it's a moment where everybody gets together and it's a good family moment and also it's a moment where uh, there's just unity, and it, it's ingrained in the sport, and that's what I like. And you meet so many people, like Pablo just said. Uh, I know people from Guatemala, from Mexico, from everywhere, just by playing soccer. I wonder, you know, you all are talking about how it's you're born into it. You're born to having your teams. You're born into the love for this sport. Diana, do you know anyone who doesn't like soccer? <laughs> um, n No. I mean, it's a passion you can tell. Everybody's watching the Mundial right now. You can see it. Yeah. I work with students at Overton High School, and I um, placed a screen to watch the Mexico game, the first Mexico game, and the light in their eyes when they came into the cafeteria and saw that screen, mm. it was like, I mean, you can be from anywhere. Like they said, Argentina, Mexico, Honduras, Guatemala, and that ball is moving on that field, and it's like everything stops. Mm-hmm. Everything stops. I love it. Now, you also play in leagues, right? Yes. So um, currently, because of the cold, not not at the moment, but during the summer, uh, we pick up games. Um, sometimes I jump from league to league, depending on times and my schedule. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really fun. Sometimes um, I was telling my husband, we're playing with older women who can be moms mm -hmm. and also younger who can be between seven, 16 and 17 year olds who have a lot more speed than, than me or other. Well, how intense does it get out there? It gets pretty intense. Uh, it depends the team. Uh, 
women are also very competitive. Uh, also, uh, the different uh, ages. So sometimes the game is a little bit more uh, relaxed when they're a bit younger, but when they're a bit older, it's a little bit more intense. And the passion, you can tell it's it's there. Any crazy slide tackles happening with the older ladies? <laughs> For sure, yeah. Somebody's mom's out there doing the... Uh, the slides or um, pulling hair or oh, wow. uh, when the ref turns or, you know, doing their thing. So that because because they are um, older and probably have a little bit more weight on them, so they can't keep up. So sometimes they do their, their little thing to okay. slow you down. I love it. If you're just tuning in, this is Nashville and I'm your host, Kalio Lake We're talking this hour about what soccer means to our local Latino communities. Join the conversation by tweeting us at this is Nashville. Now, Deanna, you were talking about how you work with the youth at Overton High School and you were showing them the game and their eyes lit up. What did any of them say to you after, you know, you gave them that experience? Well, uh, different uh, kinds of feedback. There was, oh, my gosh, Miss, I can't believe it's here. Mm -hmm. We can stay. We can watch it. And it's so good. It's so intense. And then there was like, is this allowed? Um, can, this is it was something so new to them that they almost didn't know how to react to it. Um, their culture was being represented. The, their love for the their passion for soccer was being uh, represented in the school where the majority of the students are English English speakers. And this is the one thing that belonged to them. That was part of their culture. That's part of their um, come up. It, it was almost like changing the whole environment of the school. It was great. Did you see non-Latino students kind of gravitating towards and asking questions and getting involved? Yes. The commentary was in Spanish, so it was like, what is he saying? What's going mm -hmm. on? Um, uh, what does this mean for Mexico to win or to lose? It was just so exciting. Uh, we actually uh, put the excitement on Instagram, and it got almost 600 likes, mm. um, and that's probably one of the most um uh, seen a uh, picture on the Overton website. So it was, you can tell they were excited. You know, the the States, soccer, football is not as popular as yep. Amer American football, baseball, mm -hmm. or basketball. Moises, how would you like to see football grow in the United States? Oh, I, I would love that. Um, I'm from Venezuela. So soccer is not number one in Venezuela. Baseball is. Uh, but I was raised here. And all my friends would play soccer. You know, they were, um, the majority of my friends are from either Mexico, Guatemala, or somewhere in Central or South America. And they, their number one sport was always soccer. And just to see it grow little by little throughout the years has been great. And I hope it continues to grow. I hope more schools push soccer just like they do basketball and football. Now, you're responsible for kind of helping that exposure grow. You put together a sports league with a few of your siblings. What was the motivation to create the league? It, it was that. It was, uh, first off, was let's help these kids do something. You know, those who don't play football, those who don't play basketball, or those who are at home doing nothing, let's say, uh, just give them a facility or somewhere that they could go. Either place, uh, we have indoor soccer fields, but we also have a basketball, volleyball. We even have video games for those who don't play. The idea is just to help our youth, you know, get active and do something. So what can families find when they go to Mana Sports Club? It's a family environment. You know, you either you could watch the game, you could go to the little uh, cafe we have, you could play video games, you could watch a game. We put all the World Cup games there, uh, basketball, football, and all the games there. So now, it's, it's a family environment. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Now, Pablo, you're still playing, right? Yes, I am. Is there a strong club scene here in Nashville? 
Yes, we play in a MTSA league. Uh, it's an amateur um, adults league, and we have uh, over 40 open. Uh, I play in over 40. Um, yeah, it's pretty active. We play summer, spring, fall, and then in winter we play indoors too. Are there any Latino-specific clubs as well? I think there is a few of them. Um, it's pretty mixed, but I noticed that we play against a lot of teams that are like all from Mexico, from Colombia. You know, it's a mixed match, yeah. Now, I know you've only been here for like five, five years, but how would you like to see Nashville and, you know, invest in soccer beyond what it's doing and its investment in our professional league with Nashville SC? I would like to see it more for, for kids. Like we were talking before we get in here, I was asking them about how is the scholarship situation here for kids in soccer, and they were saying that it's not too heavy yet. So I'm hoping that now that we have the new stadium, Nashville is doing well, we have the World Cup coming, uh, I would like to see more clubs for kids, uh, you know, to try to, you know, get, get them from since when they are kids to get into it. Yeah, so some of the youth clubs can be pretty expensive, yes. right? Yes. All right, so... You know, how can we make the game more accessible for the youth who don't have a lot of resources? Moises? I think it's just reaching those inner cities uh, and rural areas. Um, when I grew up, all you had was the um, YMCA or a, a different different little leagues. Um, and if you wanted to take something serious, you had to pay select soccer, and that's travel soccer. Mm -hmm. And we were speaking about this a little bit before. And to do that, you have the you need the funds. You know, you need the help. You need somebody sponsoring you. Um, if we could somehow get all together and, and figure out a way to get more people to push soccer and push it just like the other sports, uh, I think that would be great. Bring the family together. And so they could also support that child, you know, trying to fulfill this dream. Now, Diana at Overton, I'm sure it's pretty competitive field to for players to make the soccer team there, right? Yes. So, um Usually the coach has about 20, can only take around 22, 20, maybe 23 the most. Um, and I coached the middle school soccer before the high school one. And we had to turn maybe 30, 40 kids away because wow. they were, there was just not enough t-shirts for them. I mean, we would love to have them on the team, but we didn't have enough you know, stuff for them to have or enough games. So I definitely think that if there was a little bit more resources, it would. Because I'm wondering, like, what alternatives are available for those 35, 40 kids who didn't make the cut? Where can they continue to express their love of the game and, and find community? So that's the great question. That's the question of that we have been trying to figure out. Um, I think some of them have their parents' support and they do have access to leagues outside of school. Um, we have the indoor comp the international indoor complex where some of our kids already are a part of teams. Uh, we have leagues um, uh, that they can join during the summer, the, the spring. Um, but yeah, there's definitely a, a room to grow for Nashville. What would you like to see the city do if you had a wish list? It's the holiday season, so mm -hmm. ask for that wish. I think if uh, the school system maybe shed more light on soccer and what it means to Nashville, I think just starting there, we can pull a lot of universities to come out and watch our kids down here in South in, in the South Nashville area um, and also have scholarships for them for uh, to work for um, working with high school students and working with seniors. I know that that's what they want to do. I, I'm good at soccer. I know I can get a scholarship, but how do we get scouts out here? It's just working again with the youth. Like, like, like my, um, my neighbor said, it, it would be extraordinary. I think, 
yeah, a lot of our kids we could see on, on TV. You know, in our last segment, Francisco and Stephanie were saying that Latino soccer fans are passionate and can get really loud. And all of you play as well. You know, there's been some friction in Major League Baseball when it comes to Latino players breaking the quote-unquote unwritten rules of the game, celebrating a home run flamboyantly, for instance. But, you know, what, what would you say is the Latino style of playing soccer, if there is Pablo? It's just uh, loud, and it's, I, I think it's kind of like they cannot control it. It's just they just go and play, and they forget about life, forget about everything. So when, when players are in the field, and it's just so much in their veins... Uh, that you forget sometimes about even know the rules, but you forget about everything. You know, mm. you are so passionate about it, and and you know, just try to keep it respectful as much as you can. But yeah, it's it's hard to control when you're in there. <laughs> Moises. So, I go to my son's games, of course, and um, I'm the biggest fan there. Okay, um, my son is sometimes the only Latino playing on that team. Uh, this previous season, it was him and my nephew. And you could hear me from a mile away, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay? And just like Pablo said, it's you just forget. You're just in the moment with them, and it's just we're we're loud, we're we're there, you know. And we want to let the other person know, hey, we're here, and we're gonna play tough, we're gonna play hard, and we're gonna give it our best. Diana. Uh, it's funny to me because as a coach, it's hard to even stay put. And mm-hmm. and it's just the passion you see and the passion in the parents and, and the team. There's sweat tears going into this game. Even if it's a middle school game, it's... It, Are it's, you the coach yelling at the ref? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like it's in my blood. Right. It's like, no fue, arbitro, come on. It's, yeah, sometimes we get carded, but, mm-hmm. you know, we got to come down. But, I mean, it's just, you can tell the passion in the game. I, Sometimes we can't help it. It's wonderful. Okay, real quick before you go, before we go, World Cup favorites. Who's gonna win, Diana? Um, I wish we had an underdog. Any underdog that wins is great. Uh, obviously, Messi, Argentina would be awesome. Pablo, I'm Argentinian, so Argentina. All right, Moises. I'm sorry, Pablo, but CR7, Portugal. Okay, <laughs> all right. I want to thank my guests, Diana Morales with Connection Americas, Moises Rodriguez of Mana and Sports Club, and avid soccer player, Pablo Aracena. I want to thank you all for being with us. Thank really you for having us. Thank you. We want to thank everyone who tuned in this hour tomorrow. Before we go into 2023, let's discover what Nashville's resolutions are like or what they should be. This is Nashville. It's a production of WPLN News and Nashville Public Radio. Our producers are Steve Harouche, Rose Gilbert, and Magnolia McKay. Our digital lead is Anna Gallegos-Cannon. Michaela Elias is our technical director. Our executive producer is Andrea Tudhope. Shout out to our intern, Tori Hoover, and the masterminds behind our theme music, LaRange and Namir Blade. Special thanks to Chet Wisey and Julian Garcia. Conversation doesn't end here. Tweet us while you still can at This Is Nashville. This is Nashville. I'm Kali Colonna. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. Everybody. And be good to each other.